Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan coming to you talking about Garen's message on the 22nd of October. And we're not in Nehemiah this time, Garen. No, not Nehemiah today. We're in like, we're in kind of heaven after that service. We are in heaven. Yeah, we just had that service and um, it was a baptism service and we got to hear from a few missionaries, the Hans and the Bauks. And so, man, that was just like a mountaintop. That was awesome. It was. It was a really great service. Um, did you want to say anything about Hans and Bauks or do you want to get right into baptism? Just stuff? the main thing is, you know, those four things that were at challenging people is to to send, to mobilize, to welcome, and to go. And the go is the one I think a lot of people probably just feel like, not me, I'm not skilled. And we just wanted to kind of open up the possibility that, you know, Russ and Etta, eventually their, their commitment to go, he was already working at Bungie. Mm. And they already had full-time jobs. Yeah, and with their story, if, if it made sense for anybody to stay on paper, it was probably them. Yes. Good jobs, yep. good community, yep. just had a baby. Close to family. Um, they could have reasoned their way out of that call really easily. Yeah. But they didn't. So, yep. So, so cool. To I hear think from the message, them. which you were you were saying before, I kind of cut you off, was that it it really there's no perfect time to go. Never a perfect time, and even like, well, I'm not a minister, I'm not a, and them all saying, I mean, Russ is an engineer. She, you know, was involved with young people, and um, Jonathan's skills were in engineering. Also, I think science field. I mean, that God can take any of my abilities, put me overseas. I don't have to be the frontline missionary. Yeah you know, so to speak, but I can be somebody that's salt and light over there. Jonathan Hahn said something at the end of his about who God calls. I'm trying to think of how he worded it. But basically, God only calls the people who aren't ready. Maybe that's what he said. He only, he only calls people who don't feel like they're ready. Yeah. You know, that he, he never calls somebody and they're like, man, I'm like, yep, there's no reason for me to stay. I'm good to go. Like, it's, it's always, there's going to be stuff in our lives that make us feel like it's not the right yeah. time. So, so. Okay. Appreciate them coming and doing so that. So come to Missions Conference, but be be wary. God right. may tap you on the shoulder. God may tap you on the shoulder. So, okay. Yeah, that was really great. We're excited for Missions Conference. And uh, we want to talk a little bit of time, or spend a little bit of time today talking about baptism, because we just had our baptism service, baptized eight, over two services. And you thought it would be a good chance to just talk through a few baptism things, because yeah. it's, it's important to God, and it's important to us at 12th. And you do a good job of communicating that from the stage. But if we could just dive into it a little bit more on the pod, we thought it could be useful. Yeah, that would be great. So where do you want to start? You just want to start with maybe just briefly, what is baptism and why does it matter? Yeah. And I think, so the thing I always try to make clear, because we had a lot of visitors today and a lot of families who like don't don't know Jesus. Yeah. I always want to make it crystal clear that baptism is not a thing that saves me. It's not a good thing that adds on to my, that good, bad balance to mm. tip me towards good so God, I can get into heaven. Yeah, It's not that at all. It's an, it's a sign and seal of the new covenant. And as a sign, it just shows visibly the reality that I've already entered into. Um, Abraham put his faith into God in chapter 15. 
and became right with God. And it was like four or five chapters later that he received the sign of the covenant. So they're separate things, and that doesn't save me. But it's extremely important, though, as a sign, because it's my way of visibly showing people. It's that visible public token of, I have entered in this relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I want to make it known. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm with him. I'm putting on his uniform. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I want people to know that this is where I'm at. I love how you compare it to a wedding ring during a ceremony, right? Like the ring is not what makes you married to somebody. Right. And if you take the ring off to wash your hands, you're not suddenly unmarried. Yeah, you don't suddenly get unmarried. But it is just this public symbol, just both in the moment. Yes. And anywhere you go that, yeah. you know, I'm committed to this person. We're married. And, and then I'm not ashamed of it. And, and yeah, I wear this every day. It. And right. yeah. And people know they can look at my hand. They're like, oh, that's yeah. That guy's married to somebody. So yeah. I thought that was a really great, um, really great comparison there, which is also why you encourage people to get I'm baptized, just like tattooed on their neck or face too. <laughs> just so all the time we can say, oh, <laughs> so it can be. Yeah. yeah just right. on, not on the forehead, just on the, yeah, just maybe like, the forehead would be, I don't know. Man, we're getting some dangerous territory here. (laughs) So it's not something that we add to our resume to look good for God or to earn goodness or grace from Him. It is just totally an outer sign of something that's already happened on the inside. Yep, that outer sign. And that just that symbol of, that's why I love immersion. That's what the word baptism means, baptizo in Greek. It means immersion. The symbol of that, of Jesus living, dying, going into the grave, coming out and rising. And that when I accept Christ, it's dying to the old self. I die and I'm raised to new life in him when yeah. I accept him as Lord and Savior. So it's a great picture of the gospel. And But it's not just a picture. It's not just a symbol. It's actually an act of obedience, right? Yeah. I mean, God commands this. So yes. Can you talk a little bit of the biblical precedent for that? Yeah, very much. Again, that's in the Great Commission. So we're missions. And the great, the mission's great text is that great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you till the very end of the age, right? That, that's a missions text, but it's also a text about coming to Jesus in baptism. Because what we learn is, is first I become a disciple. And the next thing after committing my life to him is he says he wants you baptized, and then he wants you taught to obey everything that he's commanded. So baptism is something that he commands his church to do. And it's not just an option. And I kind of talked about that a little bit. It's not just something I pick and choose. It's like I, I have accepted him as my Savior and Lord. And as my Lord, he wants me to do this public profession of him. Mm-hmm. And as my Lord, he wants me to learn to obey. Mm. And so that's why many people call it baptism, the first step of obedience. Once yeah. I've come to faith, that's my first step. When I came to Jesus, my youth pastor shared with me like, hey, baptism is the next step. Now that you've accepted him, and I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all for that. It ended up being three months later, but he shared that. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I want people to know that I'm with him. So, yeah. I heard it said before that um, our love for Jesus can be measured by our obedience to him, right? Yes. He, he tells his disciples, if you love me, yes. you will obey my commands. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to call yourself a follower of Jesus, and then the first thing he commands you to do, you don't live in obedience to. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's not like, I love how you said it. It's not an add on. It's not this extra thing we do if we're feeling really spiritual. If you feel like it or. It's like uh, we're commanded to do this. Yeah. If he said, as soon as you, as as soon as you commit yourself to me, you got to do a a headstand. It's like, okay, I mean, you're God. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do what you say. You're my Savior Lord. If he says be baptized, we should be baptized. So yeah, yeah, you kind of. I mean, I love the language you use today. You talked about when you buy a car and there's like these extra features or add-ons, you know, the the clear coat or the special rims or the yeah. whatever. Like baptism is not tricking out your car 
No. It's not tricking out your spirituality. No. no. It's it not just an the, add-on I can get if I want to. Oh, it's, or, a, it's a basic part yeah, of it. It's an, apart, it's it's an, an essential basic part model. of it. doesn't yeah. save me, but it's an essential part of following him. Right. I think maybe that's the hang-up for, for us sometimes is it's not essential to our salvation, and yet it is essential to being obedient to Jesus. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe that messes people up sometimes because you, we often see people who have been following Jesus for a while. Kate was like this. Kate, mm. my wife, when yeah. we came here, she was raised in the Presbyterian church. Ray, I mean, followed Jesus well her whole life, got here. And then to be members, we had to have a believer's baptism, which I did um, when I was younger, but Kate hadn't had that. And she really wrestled with that. It was hard for her. She was baptized. She came to understand and love um, the process of that and and is so glad she did here at 12. But it, it was a, an obstacle for her, yeah. for sure. And Faith Coleman had the same thing. She was baptized, what, two, three years ago? Faith was 70-something when that happened, and she had not done that. And you know, the longer she kind of lived after her faith that way, it kind of got more and more a little bit embarrassing. Like, yeah. do I dare like do this now when I've accepted him 20 years ago? But she really became convinced that it was what uh, what Jesus commanded, and she did it. I was so proud of her. Um, yeah. cause she realized it's not just an add on. I can pick to stick on my car later if I want to. It really is essential again, not to salvation, but it's essential to following him as my Lord after I know him. So, so what would you say to somebody who goes to 12th, who's been following Jesus well, um, but's never had a believer's baptism? What, what would you say to them? Would you say, you know, it's fine. You're following Jesus. It's, you know, nobody even knows if you're baptized or not. So it's not a big deal. Or would you urge them to think more about it? Or would you say, this is essential? I mean, how would you address that with yeah. them? I would urge them to want to just lay that on the table and say, Lord, if this really is something that you, it is commanded and it really is important, like, I need you to speak to me about that. And oh, yeah. I'm going to dive into the scripture. In fact, I put together a little thing that goes through what the scripture says about baptism in case somebody is wanting to read, wrestle with that. We've, we'll make that available on the website or anybody can contact the office. But to me, it's, it's laying my life for him and saying, if this is what you want, I, I want to know. I'm going to go into the scripture because the scripture is what's important. And if it's what he's tapping us in the shoulder to do, then it's like, I need to be obedient to that. What would you say to somebody who has followed Jesus for a while, is coming to 12th, and, well, maybe not what you say to them, but just what is, um, what's the reaction, not the reaction, what's the outcome going to be? That's what I'm trying. What's the outcome for a person who comes to 12th, has been following Jesus, and decides I'm not going to get baptized or it's not that important to me. Like, what's the downside of that? Yeah, again, that I'm choosing to be intentionally disobedient to him. And that impacts the relationship, right? And I have committed, like you said, Jesus says, if you love me, you will do what I say. And so it does, it affects, it doesn't make me lose my salvation, but it does affect that fellowship. I think the other thing that's lost, we saw it over here. And even when Faye shared her story, it's not just, this event that actually impacts you, because mine was extremely meaningful to me. I bet if we have Kate on, she would talk about how meaningful that actually was. But to share your story of coming to Jesus in front of that packed crowd of people, yeah. a lot of non-believers are there every time we do a baptism. Like, your, your story matters. That's what I say. Your story matters so much. And this is a chance for you to publicly declare your faith in Jesus and tell your story. And how many people might resonate with your story? You know, we heard about depression. We heard about um, fear. We heard just different things of how Jesus met them and what he used. And, you know, people need to hear those stories. So I think it's, it's for you. It, it helps even anchor your faith deeper, that experience, because we're experiential and we need body things. That's how he made us. Right. But other people need to hear that in the body, but non-believers. So. Garen, what if that's the exact reason that I'm hesitant 
man, I grew up a Christian my whole life. My life, my, my, my testimony is so vanilla. Like, how is it going to bless somebody? It's really, they, I would rather someone else be on stage and share their story because it's probably going to be more impactful than mine. Mine's so boring and milk toast and whatever. What would you say to somebody? Yeah, what I'd say is actually something I learned at Passion Conference eight, nine years ago from Louis Giglio, this whole thing of death to life. He talked about that and it really impacted me. And he said to all these college kids, he says, some of you have come to faith in Jesus as a college student. Some of you grew up in church and it's hard for you to define a moment and you feel like your story is less. And he said, I want you to know that everybody's story is, I went from death to life. And he says, that's all of our stories. And he said, we need to tell that story. I did it differently. Some people may be less dramatic, so to speak, but it's a story of death to life. And we all need to hear that. And there's people out there who've grown up in church who need to hear that story, mm-hmm. right? Right. Who've been there. That, that was Sherman's story. He grew up in his church, in church his whole life, but wasn't willing to surrender to Jesus, didn't get some of it. And he needs to hear stories of people who exactly. grew up in the church, death exactly. to life stories from them. Yeah. Not just the guy, not just Russell who was unchurched. He needs to hear people who've had a similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. If these people are who are sitting in our seats every week and they're thinking, man, I'm only seeing people, people baptized who are newly baptized, like, or who are new believers. Yeah. Or, um, you know, this is a, a whole new thing for them. I'm not seeing anybody like me up there yeah. who has been following for a long time and just now is being obedient to the call to be baptized. Like if, if, others aren't seeing it happen, then they may not be as likely to do it. So you have an important role to play for those people. Yeah, very much so. Can speak courage into them like, yes, I'm going to take that step. Right. And Faith struggled with that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she finally said, I'm done struggling with it. I need to be obedient to him. And she did it. And I was so proud of her. And it was extremely meaningful to her and her family and to people in the body. So yeah, hers is one of the Alzheimer's. I love thinking about hers. And she's with Jesus now. And she's with Jesus now. So at his right hand where pleasures evermore. Yeah, that's and, right. Yep. Um, okay. I really like how, as we're talking about this, you mentioned the role of the Holy Spirit in this thing, because at the end of the day, it's your job to present truth to us on Sunday morning. Yep. Show us how it's scriptural, how it really is what God has for us, and then leave it in the hands of the Holy Spirit to convict us for it. Because no amount of um, pleading from Garen or pressure nope. from Garen that's not what we want. And then that's not what the Holy Spirit wants. We're going to put it out there for what God says. Right. And then we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit, you know, convicts and, and I, does what only he can do. I gave up on changing people's souls a long time ago because it's not my job and I can't do it. And that's his job. And so that's my challenge is if you're, if you find yourself in this place, go to scripture. Again, if you want this document, I can get it to you. Go to the Holy Spirit. Say, I if this is what you're really asking me in Scripture, I want to lay my life down and say yes to this. Yeah, and let him let him convict you of that. Be open to his conviction. Be open to the Word of God and see what uh, as you enter into it, like a Berean, test everything by the Word of God and but be eager to do what it says. So. Yeah, yeah. So maybe last last little bit on this. Just who is baptism for? It's not for just kids who are newly saved. It's not for just people who have just now found Jesus last week. It's for anybody who follows Jesus and has not been obedient to yep. the believer's baptism. Yep. Has accepted him. They've become a disciple. They've accepted him as Lord and Savior. They've probably been learning, learning to obey everything, but they've missed the second thing that he asked and that he did himself. Right. He put himself, yeah, yeah, he yeah. said, I'm not even going to ask something I've not done. Yeah, true. He, the perfect son of God said, in order to fulfill righteousness, I'm going to do this because I'm willing to do it. Yeah. And if I'm willing to do it, I'm asking you to do it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well said. All right. 
that's our that's our bit on baptism there. Um, Okay, did you want to end quickly just talking about missions conference this weekend? Just excited about that. If you're listening to this, you haven't signed up, I encourage you to get the whole experience. Do the Sunday, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Do the, the experience we're going to have for lunch. That's going to be really cool, a cross-cultural thing. Um, so get involved. and Maybe we can put it out there because I think sometimes for, for first-timers— it's a lot because it's a weekend. Yeah. And you're like, a whole, right. that's my time to relax. Right. A whole weekend for this, seriously. Here's what I'll say. And you can, we can edit this out later if you think this is not what we should say. I think you should just commit to the first night. Like just come eat dinner. Come support Christian Challenge. That's great. Talk to your friends at dinner. Hear us out. Hear the first session. And if God doesn't light a fire in your heart, then you don't need to come back. But go that first night, see what God does with it. Because my inclination is you're going to walk in like I, like I have in the past. You walk in thinking, okay, you know, this is good, but my bar of expectation isn't super high. It's like, okay, this will probably be good. Man, I, every time I walk out and I'm like, God, you're so good. And I'm thinking about putting my house in the market <laughs> and going and being a full-time missionary yeah. right now. Because, ah, there's something about yeah. being in a room with people who are passionate for seeing the gospel yes. spread all over the globe. And hearing the stories about what God's doing outside of our national borders, and it just lights you on fire. Yeah. So I would say, come for the first one. There's going to be a meal. There's childcare. Your friends are here. Hear the first one, and just see what God does yep. with it. Jump in. And if you walk out and you're like, that was a waste of two hours, then God bless you. You can have your weekend, and that's fine. But just be open and see what he does with it. Yeah. Good challenge. So, Good challenge. Is that, is that okay? No, that's great. Do we need to edit that in some way yeah. later? It, I, I think I, I ended up talking about planets up more second service, but— when I go to plan a sub and I have a friend that gets the experience, and I go, do you want a half experience or a whole experience? Got to get the whole experience. You got to get the whole experience, By the way, right? Experience is one of the one of the top subs there for sure. Yeah. So jump in. Do that first one. Jump and I in. think what you'll find, you'll get challenged. Be like, I want to be back Sunday morning, Sunday night, because yep. I want the whole experience. No, I don't want a half experience. No half experiences here. Okay. That's what we've got. Um, yeah. Anything else to No, nope. ex- I'm excited thing? about that. I, get online and watch these videos if you were not here. The stories yes, yes, were yes, amazing. Yes. I oh was so moved. Those two eighth graders that I got to be a part of first service, man, their <laughs> their humble little testimonies were so great to watch. So powerful. Oh my gosh! And I got to go back and watch the ones for second service because I was out oh, about dude, for those. They're but, they're huge, and their yeah, baptisms were just Good. very moving. And yeah, those two girls, I just saw myself in them, having come to faith as a yeah. teenager. Yeah, I'm like I've been there, I've done that. And I, that was so meaningful to me, and I'm glad they took that step. So if that's you, take that step. It is so—you can't imagine how meaningful it is to, to go in that water and to come out and to declare, I'm with Jesus. And somebody might be asking, why are they beating this drum so hard? Like, it doesn't really affect their lives. Why do they care if I'm baptized or not? I, for me, would say, because that's what we want is to see people walk in obedience to Jesus. Yeah. And we know the blessing that comes from that. Yes. Right? And so that's what I would say. Why yeah. would you say? Why and the other thing the I'd say is, can you imagine, because this baptism is like the wedding ring. It's just an outward visible sign of the reality, right? And how would your wife feel if you said, by the way, I'm going to marry you and I'll do the vows, but I am not wearing that oh, wedding ring in public. Yeah. There's no way yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. show people publicly. Right. I already told you that I loved you, right? Why do I need to wear the yeah. ring? I already told you I loved you. Yeah, but I said the vows, like we're done. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Hope you were here. If you weren't able to make it, once again, go on the website, go on YouTube, watch the baptisms at the very least. They were meaningful. So, love you guys. We'll talk again soon.